I am not much of a drawer or painter. Um, I'm definitely not a cook. <laughs> um, and now that I'm not dancing, I've had to kind of find my new form of art. And so um, here's some pictures of my new um, artworks that I, I do. Um, lately, my form of art is creating parties. I love to plan a party, like just love it. I love putting together the details and like thinking about the people who are coming and how it's going to affect them. Um, but for those of you who have been to my parties or have come to like a welcome week event, you can, you're kind of like, oh, you might want to call it like abstract art, Kirsten. Um, they're definitely not like magazine pretty, um, but to me, they are art. Jonathan, my husband, suggested that for my six-year-old's birthday party, we just like go to Chuck E. Cheese. And I was horrified. I was like, no way. Like that steals this magic that I get to help create because there's just something about me having my hands in it. Something that I'm able to communicate my love for the person that I'm hosting the party for. So for Wings and Things, if any of you guys came to that for Welcome Week, I'm thinking, okay, who are the people that are coming? Okay, there's going to be a bunch of new freshmen. What are they going to be experiencing and wanting? There's a bunch of people who came to school last year, and they're going to be new again, and they're going to be like, what, are, what do we talk about? Or am I going to have friends again? I want to think about the moments that we're creating and why people would want to come back, and I just get so excited about the beauty in the midst of all of this chaos. Even, like... Some of it is why like, me wanting to like, be a part of it. Like, it's why I make cakes for my kids' birthdays. Like, my cakes, th this is my last cake. London, the guitar hider, did help me decorate it. But that's not like this beautiful thing. Like, I should have had Isabella just like make it beautiful and perfect. But I want to create it because it communicates for me this love for the person. So tonight... What I want you guys to believe and to lock in is that even if your life feels and seems as chaotic as my parties or as my cake, that you guys are a work of art. You are God's masterpieces. Let's pray. Father God, would you speak your truth so loud? Would we hear that over your lies tonight? We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so we're going to look through that Ephesians passage, and we're going to hustle through verses 1 through 9, and we are going to land on verse 10 and zone in, or hone in. Um, so 1 through 3 is talking about the fact that we are sinners. We are dying inside because of the sin that we have participated in, that we are children of wrath. We have been disobedient to God. And then verse 4 is that beautiful line, but God. Instead of doing what we'd expect, flips things upside down and saves us, resurrects us, raises us up. And it says then he did it because he loved us and Josh, because he likes us too, last week, everyone. And then he says he does it by grace. And for those of you that, I mean, there's a lot of Christian words that feel like they're thrown around. Grace is getting something that we don't deserve. It is a gift that we cannot and do not earn. 
So an example, if you are a freshman, let's say there is a class that you really want to take your freshman year, but it is an upper-level class, there's a huge wait list, but the professor on week two lets you into the class, doesn't deduct any points from you, tutors you, and encourages you to keep taking the class. That is grace. That is a gift that you don't deserve. So in this passage, we are told that this new life is something that we do not deserve, that God has given to us. And Paul then continues to, to like press the fact that we do not earn this. This is not something that we should be able to boast in. But it's literally this thing that has been given to us, not by something we have done or not done, but because it's a gift. And then he ends it by saying, you will experience this grace through faith. And then here we are on verse 10. (laughs) I'm really excited about this. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good work that he has prepared before you, that you may walk in it. You are God's workmanship. You are his piece of art. Like really, this word workmanship if the Greek word is poema, which we take our word poem from, we are his poetry. And to be honest, poetry is very hard for me. Like, can you just tell me what you're meaning to say? Like, why are we so complicated? But, yeah, thank you. Um, but when a poem is written masterfully, when you're like, that, that is it. There's something with that poem that just, like, you feel it in your soul. You can't explain it. And that happens with other works of art. When they are done masterfully, you just feel it in your gut. And this is the kind of workmanship that he has made you guys into. Such a beautiful piece of work that you communicate with other people's soul. And then we think about, okay, we are this masterpiece, but we think about who it is that made us. It is God, you know, like the one that created the world, the one who created beautiful sunrises, that created the complexity of the human anatomy, that created the colors of all of the fish of the sea, that created, you know, emotions that are really complicated that created the thing that you think is the most stunning. This God is the one that is calling you a masterpiece, a workmanship. I keep saying masterpiece because guess what? He is a master. He's a master of creating these things. He is the ultimate master, and so by definition, you are a masterpiece. You are his work of art. Isn't that cool? But here's what's interesting. He's calling us masterpieces, not like, okay, I created you, and now you're born, now you're this, and yes, that's true, but he is talking in this passage, he's calling us masterpieces after we have sinned and he has given us new life. After he has restored us. That is when he is talking about us in this passage. So for those of you who maybe have felt like you are too broken, that you're too much for God, uh uh-uh. He's saying, I 
can make you new and I can make you beautiful and strong and valuable again. It's like that Chinese art that they take the broken pieces and they put gold and silver to accentuate the broken parts and it makes it more beautiful and strong. You are not too broken to be called his masterpiece. That is good news. And he does all this, like that passage says, in Christ Jesus. That we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, that it is because of Jesus' sacrifice that we are able to have this new life. And not just because of him, but in him. Like, I literally get this picture of Jesus' like, wounded, scarred hands holding our wounds and that embrace being this beautiful, beautiful thing. All right, how many out there would call yourself an artist? Okay, can you shout out your forms of art? Poetry. Photography. Peanuts. <laughs> oh, you said. Um, do we got playlist makers, guitarers, canvers? That's me. Cooking. Yes. Okay. For for those of you artists, and I think it, all of us have this artwork in us. Um, can you just? I want you just imagine how you feel when you're creating. What are you feeling when you're creating? So I was talking to Annalise, I don't know if she's here tonight, um, but about her project that she is about to do. She is a wonderful artist in our community. She's um, doing a big project, and she was talking to me about why she loves to integrate her physical, like, um, painting, her physical sewing with her digital design. And she, I was, like, so geeking out as she was talking. Um, she was talking about she likes to do that and put that in her digital stuff because it gives it more authenticity. It gives it more integrity, more truth. And then she began to think. And she was like, I think I like to physically do the project before I make it digital because it kind of puts me into a relationship with it. She like looked at me, she's like, is that crazy? I was like, no! Like, I got so excited. I was like, that is God. Like, literally, he physically made us, united with us, like he is in relationship with us. That makes sense why I like to create and do things, because I am in relationship with them. And then, even more so that when we are broken, how much deeper does that relationship go when we are connected with somebody even in our brokenness? I, this week, had a phone call from one of, like, a new friend of mine, and I haven't cried with her yet, and I just start crying on the phone. But you guys know this intuitively, that probably this friend and I are kind of going to go to the next level of intimacy and friendship because I let her into these cracks of mine. I let her in. And God is saying the same thing, that there is this relationship that will continue to grow as he breathes new life into our broken places.
Do you believe that you are a work of art? If not, why? Has somebody treated you like you are not beautiful? Like you are trash? Kind of like the drawings that my kids make and I throw in the trash? Don't tell them. Do you not believe it because of an own insecurity you have in your head? You're not good enough, capable, you're too broken? I want to tell you that that's a lie. That the creator of the universe, the master of art himself, calls you a masterpiece. Period. That is what truth sounds like. All right, continuing on in this verse, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good work that he has set before us, that we may walk in it. He has made us to do good work. And that as a human, that is dignifying. We are made to work. Ellie went with me to Ecuador and one of the things with the kids that have special needs, they always, they made sure that they had jobs, that they worked. Even if they weren't capable of doing things that normal needs kids and adults could do, it was dignifying to offer them work. And if you guys have ever been in jobs where you have like this thing that somebody's entrusted you with that's like a little bigger than you believe you can do, where somebody trusts you, it like puffs you up in a good way. We're like, oh my gosh, okay, I think I can do this. It breathes new life into you. But then the opposite can happen. That when we don't move into these good works, things in us die. Our body, like Alex was saying, atrophies. The muscles go away. Why would we not think that happens to our physical and emotional beings as well? Like, imagine you are on a basketball team, and you're supposed to play, but you're like, eh, I'm not going to. So you sit on the bench. You watch all the other players pushing themselves, getting better. Maybe you're learning some skills, but you're not practicing them, so you're not getting better at them. And what's happening? Your head's probably stirring. You're overanalyzing. You're comparing. You're judging. And you're definitely not growing any stronger or getting any better at basketball. You are dying inside. It's kind of like the bike in my garage that is made to be ridden, rode, but instead is resting. It's not being used. So what does this good work look like? Does this look like a career in your future? No. It says it has been laid out right before you. It's something you can do and participate in right now. So there's a lot of talk about good works that we can look at in the Bible, but tonight we're looking at that passage in Isaiah 32. So Case, will you put that back up there for me? And if you guys ever want to nerd out, there's such a fun connection between Isaiah 32 and Acts 5, and I would love to nerd out with you because it's so fun. All right. Um, Behold, a king will reign in righteousness, and princes will rule in justice. Each will be like a hiding place from the wind, a shelter from the storm. 
like streams of water in a dry place, like the shade of a great rock in a weary land. Then the eyes of those who see will not be closed. The ears of those who hear will give attention. The heart of the hasty will understand and know. And the tongue of the stammerers will hasten and speak distinctly. Okay, first, audience participation. How many kings, king, is in this passage? Woohoo! Good job! She got second place in trivia night by herself last week, guys. Um, one king, who do you suppose this king to be? God. God. God, yeah! Great. So we have one king will come to reign, and that is God. Then, how many princes? A bunch! Yes, a bunch of princes. And who do you suppose those princes to be? Us! That is right! Man, I should not be a professor. Um, yes, we have one king, that is God, and then these princes that are to rule with justice. That is us. We are told all in Scripture that we are his ambassadors, we are his co-heirs. Jesus is like, you will go and do these things. You will fill all in all. This is us. And this passage is saying is when you guys do these things, people will know that the king is reigning, that the king has come when we do these things. That is how they will know. And when they know, it says that eyes will be opened, ears will hear, hearts will understand. It is that that they will know Jesus. Yes, our Bible studies and our, I mean, I'm preaching because I think I believe in it. That is important. But will people know Jesus, if they do not experience these good works that we're going to talk about. So, okay, so we put that list up there for me. Here is how Isaiah 32 is encouraging us to do this good work. Number one, we will be a hiding place from the wind. So we will be a barrier for people when they feel like life is pushing them over. Number two, we will be a shelter from the storms. We will be a safe place for people to come to, to dwell, when life feels like it's just coming at them. We will be streams of water in a dry place. We will be refreshment for people. We will be new life when people are longing and feel empty. We will be shade in a weary spot. We will be rest and rejuvenation, that awe moment for people when they are exhausted. How cool is this call? Like, this are, these are the things that we get to do. Aren't these the things that we crave from people that make us ask God, where are you? Why have you abandoned me? What if people were doing this? Would we still be asking that question? Or would we be experiencing him all around us? And what if we stepped into this? Would UTC 
know the truth of Jesus in a whole new light. If we took off our insecurities and our excuses and said, I am God's masterpiece, I am going to go and do these good works, and we stepped into it. Because that is the thing. He has laid this out before us. And you want to know who's before you? Dear friends, the people in your class, your professors, your family, that you're invited to be shade and shelter, a hiding place, a stream for those people. I was talking to Mia the other day, and she was telling me um, just this work that she is doing and being convicted of to look like Jesus in her classroom. And so she's been working on putting a smile on her face in her class. She was like, I know people throw around that, like, it's not that deep. I was like, but it is that deep. Like, it is that deep. These ways that we are acting and treating people, it is kingdom of God deep. She is acting as a stream, as this life in probably a very dead-feeling place. Can you imagine how the professors see everyone's faces? Like, just like dead. But there is a stream that is coming from a smile. It is that deep. We get to communicate these truths to the people all around us and be the kingdom of God. So I know I've been like talking about a lot of you already, and I'm going to keep talking about a lot of you, and I can't talk about everybody I want to because my sermons are already long. But... I'm just so proud of you guys, and so I want to just shout you out that you are living a lot of this. So um, we had Carrie over here. Um, You can see that she broke her foot, Uh, did more than that. She did a lot of bad things to her foot. But I've watched you guys be Isaiah 32 to her. Annabelle, I watched you be, where are you? There you are. I watched you be a shelter in her storm going to the doctor with her a stormy, hard situation, and you were there and safe with her. Eli, I watched you be a literal hiding place from the wind as you drove her to class, protecting her from crutching down Cardiac Hill because danger. Outhouse basketball team, I watched you be a stream of new life, cheering her on as she probably felt just like, oh, as she had to watch, but you said, come on, we're going to cheer you on, and you're going to make baskets, even with your crutches. Sydney, I watched you be a shade in her desert at winter retreat when she wanted to karaoke. You came and you brought her the mic to the couch to give her this thing that she loves to do. And all of these things, they didn't fix Carrie's foot, still has problems didn't make her not hurt anymore. I'm sure she's still so ready to be out of this season. So ready to not ask for help every day. But what you guys are doing and will continue to do will be just enough to move her through this season and to share with her that God has not left her. In some of your acts, you may be like, oh, it's not that significant. It's kind of small. Like, I just, like, cheered her on as she shot some baskets. 
But these things are so significant. Some things that you will do will require more sacrifice than others. Because guess what? As we follow Jesus, we are people that sacrifice. It may look like a financial sacrifice. You may be wanting a friend to know you believe in them, that they can do good work, so you give them money for their mission trip. And then they go do good work, and they're like, I want to give somebody else money to do. It's just a big cycle. You may be sacrificing of your time as somebody needs you to be a stream to offer them some life. So you're sacrificing that time for them. You may be sacrificing your own vulnerability, letting people into your life because you know what helps people feel safe is you opening up to them, being vulnerable with them. And here's the thing. All of these things are vulnerable because when people come in from the storm, like if somebody were to come into your house from a storm, what's going to happen to your house? Probably going to get a little wet, a little dirty. You guys are going to, we're going to be affected by people's lives. It's going to come into our spaces. That's okay. Because then we have people who will be our shelter and our stream. Three times yesterday as I was working on this sermon, I had friends who invited me in to be these places for them. And I was like, I have to work on this sermon. I was like, you know what? The Lord has put them right before me. I can sacrifice some of the details and the perfection of this to be that with my friends. In the days to come, you will be given chances to be a hiding place, to be a shelter, to be a stream, to be shade. Will you step into it? Will you lament that the world is broken, that your friend is going through it, that you are going through it, or will you go and be these things? I'm sure many of you have asked a question or been like yourself or been asked it. God, why won't you send something to fix this? Why will you not end this feeling that I have? Guess what? He's saying, I am sending my people, you, to go do that. Will you step into those places? And this idea of us living this out like jazzes me up and makes me so excited. To be like, let's do it. But I know that there's so many reasons why we don't. There's so many lies that we believe instead of this truth that he has made us to do this good work. And one of those lies that I think is really common is that we're not, we're not good enough. We don't have the right skills we're not equipped enough. We don't have the right strength finder to do this thing. But like, look back at the Ephesians passage. We're made to do these good works. We're made this good work by his grace. Not because we earned it or did the right thing or we're strong enough, but he said, no, I'm just giving it to you 
to go and do. You don't have to boast in it. You're not probably ready for this. And then he said he's laid it out before us so he knows what he has put before us and he knows us. So he knows how to equip us. Hebrews says that he will equip us with everything good we need to do his will. That is what truth sounds like, that he will equip us. And oftentimes how it works, how Jesus works, is it's on the way. Which I know for those of you who are controlling, don't like to not know what's happening, but it's like a resurrection power that's going to be working in you, and so it's not going to be controllable, so you might have to just say good luck there. It is on the way that he can and will equip you. You do not have to be all prepared to say yes to his good work. So, I love yoga. And like I used to do a ton of yoga, pre-children, was 200 hours certified, like just loved it. I loved that it helped me believe that my body was not just about looking a certain way, but that I could be strong, that I could do really cool things. It walked me through, like kind of out of an eating disorder. It helped give me confidence in my dance career, confidence in relationship. Um, I just love it. So teaching, I was teaching and I was doing a lot of yoga and then COVID hit. The studios were shut down. And so I would do some yoga at home, but like not, there wasn't the same as being in a class with other people and teachers. Um, so after COVID like opened up and I could go back to the studio, I didn't. I was nervous. I wasn't nervous about COVID. I was nervous about being bad about not being as strong as I used to be, about not being as flexible as I was, about not knowing the people well. So I didn't go. And I was just getting weaker and less flexible. I wasn't getting any better. But you know what made me better? What made me stronger? I went to yoga class. I actually went to the class and it was there that that strength came. It was there that teachers could encourage me and be like, okay, you can get upside down and do sit-ups, go. Like, I wasn't going to do that in my living room. But it was on the way that I was being equipped. And that's true for you, not just in the yoga studio, but as you go, you have to do it to be able to gain and be equipped and to be stronger. And I love teaching yoga because I like pushing people. It's like, you can do something that is so hard. Like, I know you can do it. So I taught Caroline how to do a crow at the, uh, the winter retreat yoga class, and she um, does it all the time. This was, I literally walked downstairs today, and they're doing crow poses. She's taught other people, um, not planned at all. And, like... When you learn you can do something hard, you want to do it. You want to keep going and pushing yourself and trying new things and showing other people. And that's what I want for you guys, to start doing this good work. Not to start, you guys are doing it. To continue to do this good work because you're going to want to keep going and keep doing it. It's why I love you guys going on mission trips because you are pushed to go out there and do it. You're like, I'm here, I'm not ready, but I'm going to go for it. You guys, 
God has called you his workmanship. You're created in Christ Jesus to do his good work that he has set before you, that you would step into it. You are the people that will carry other people through the desert because guess what? We're all going to go through it. You get to carry them and be these beautiful things for them in that desert. And you get to be the people that receive that from others as well. As we do that, eyes are opened, ears hear. The truth that the king is reigning, that Jesus is Lord, is proclaimed loudly and abundantly by us getting to do this really, really good work. So hear this truth one more time. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do his good work that he has laid before you that you would step into it. Let's bring the kingdom of God here and now. I'm so proud that I get to do this alongside of you guys. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Gosh, thank you that you would entrust us to do this and that these would be just such beautiful works that you have invited us into. Thank you for that. Continue to equip us to give us courage and to just be able to, to see each other and share with each other how beautiful the work is that you have done within them. Praise on your name. Amen.